Before we get started, you probably know what I'm going to ask. Have you taken the listener survey yet? It's only five minutes. It will really, really help us make the show sustainable. It's at citycast.fm forward slash survey. We'll throw the link in the show notes. You'll be entered to win a $250 gift certificate, too. We are so close to getting all the responses we need. Head on over there. So this week has been a fire hose of news, but it's Las Vegas every week kind of is. Guess what, though? You've got us to help break it all down. I'm here with my co-host, Vogue Robinson, and contributor, April Corbin Gurness. And today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're talking about three of the week's biggest stories. The A's attempt to get our public financing. Why the James Beard Awards snubbed Las Vegas. And $1 million returns to adorn Binion's Casino. It's Friday, June 9th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. April Corbin Gurness and my co-host, Vogue Robinson, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas Friday News Roundup. Good morning. Happy to be here. Well, we're all bleary-eyed because the legislative sessions keep going on and on and on. Long days for them, long days for observers. April, what's happening with the A's? I thought it was dead because it didn't make it past the deadline. Yeah, so the 120-day regular session uh, came and went with no deal for the A's. So a lot of people assumed that it was dead. But then, hey, surprise, Governor Lombardo called everyone into a special session and, you know, ask them to consider it's it's a $380 million public assistance package that breaks down to $180 million of transferable tax credits, which are tax credits issued by the state. Uh, and then it also includes $120 million in uh, bonds that would be issued by Clark County. And then additionally, there's a $25 million credit for like fixing roadways and stuff that's also coming from the county. Mm. Uh, but again, not an insignificant amount of money and also notable that it's the state coming in and saying, hey, Clark County, go do this. And also, I, I remember there being the fact that they don't have to pay property taxes, which could be tens of millions of dollars Jeez. as well that would otherwise be paid into the coffers. If they don't have to pay, I don't want to pay. <laughs> yeah, well, but you just need to have an analyst vote to explain how you create millions of dollars of revenue for the state. And Mm. I know just the guy who would do it if you give him enough money. (laughs) That said, maybe the one who was hired by the A's and the Raiders and everybody else. um, April, that sounds exactly like the same thing that didn't make it through the regular session. And now it's back. What what's changed? You know, that's the thing about this. It is, the at this point, identical to the bill that was introduced uh, during the regular session. But it's worth noting that the bill in the regular session was introduced uh, in the last month of the last, I think the last two weeks of the session. So it was, it was introduced very late. So the actual legislation, the actual writing was introduced pretty late into the session um, and then got very... Uh, much delayed and caught up in uh, budget discussions and things that are not directly related to the A's. So uh, Governor Joe Lombardo and the Democratic legislature were arguing about the overall state budget and charter schools and uh, private school vouchers and all these other things. 
And basically, the Democrats made it really clear. And they said, um, we're not going to pass the A's unless we have a balanced budget. And so that was uh, going on. So it kind of had to get pushed back. So it's not entirely surprising that they didn't get to it because the Democrats had sort of drawn a line in the sand saying, we're going to do the we're going to do this stuff that we're constitutionally mandated to pass, which Mm. is the budget. Uh, We're going to do that first before we consider huge tax breaks for anybody. And then once that happened, um, I, I think Lombardo decided, well, hey, we, I want this A's. So he called it and, and he called the special session. And now we're here. There, there's lingering resentment and frustration from what went down during the regular session. And I think we're seeing that play out. There's a lot of legislators in the first hearing during the special session that said, um, we're mad at the governor for, for vetoing this and not passing this. Uh, mm. and, and so there's a lot of political, you know, happening that has nothing to do perhaps with the actual thing itself. But it is a complicated and very political process undergoing. Vogue, I'm wondering, you're you're not watching it very closely, but are you still hearing about this whole ACE thing? Or like, is is anyone outside of the legislature and like the diehards like me caring about this debate? What do you think? Uh, people in my circle are not as concerned about it, honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, I think we've all made our minds up about, you know, baseball. Mm, didn't watch it before. It's not going to change if if a baseball team comes to the city. So, and I think there's kind of this sense of we don't have any control. You know, the, the Raider Stadium went up regardless of how people felt. And so that's probably what's going to... I feel like once the plans dropped... Um, and they showed the the images of what they say they want the stadium to look like. I feel like that was, it feels like the the people who want it to move forward are trying to manifest the fuck out of <laughs> out of this MLB stadium happening and the A is coming to Vegas. Now, how they're funded, who the heck knows? But but I just I think a lot of us feel like hmm, it, it doesn't matter what we think or feel because. Clearly, the governor wants it to happen. And if a full on special session is happening because he wants to bring the team here at some point, I feel like our governing bodies are going to acquiesce to what he wants in so some way, shape fix, or form. The fix is in. Yeah. Wow. All right, April, uh, up in the press corps, what 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 are the hot takes about the hearings to date? I mean, look, at the time of this recording, everything is still kind of in flux. There's a lot of action going on in the legislature with these special sessions. Uh, what's the sense in the press corps of what the real hot takes here are? The sense is that uh, it's close, that if it does pass, it will pass because of whatever concessions and stuff the A's give. That the, that the language as written, which is just like, let's give them all of this money and public assistance isn't hanging and people want more. Um, and it may come down to, you know, behind the behind closed door deals mm-hmm. of like Lombardo saying, I won't veto this bill that you love if you vote in my favor. Exactly. Um, and, and we may see uh, a lot of interesting votes. The thing, if you look back at the 2016 Raiders bill, is that the you know, that passed with two thirds in both houses, but it didn't split on like party lines and it didn't split on geographical lines either, which I find really funny. Um, like if you watch the, the Senate hearing, 
the person who was sort of doing the most work in trying to sell this was a Reno Republican, <laughs> you know, Thanks, which bro. obviously is, um, <laughs> you know, doing Lombardo's work, I think, at that point. But um, I think that a lot of it is going to come down to whether or not individual legislators are, are eased over by whatever sort of pet projects they might get some extra funding for or vetoes that are currently um, on Lombardo's desk. But also a, a lot of Democrats are just frankly really pissed off at the governor for how we handled the session and some of the things that he's already vetoed. And, and, I, and I think we may see that. It may be sort of retaliatory of like, hey, I already wasn't really sold on this whole public assistance thing. Uh, and now I'm really mad at you because you vetoed you know, death with dignity and, you know, F you, I'm, not, I'm never going to support it. So we'll see. I, I think it'll depend. And, and honestly, uh, I'm not doing this for dramatic fashion or anything, but everybody in the building seems to be writing down notes and being like, it's 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 10, 11 right now, or it's <laughs> they have the votes. <laughs> they don't have the votes. It's very, um, it's very close. And, and I think, Vogue, you're right that most of the time, a governor's not going to call a special session, especially on a single issue thing like this, if they don't know the outcome is going to go in their favor, um, because it would be very, very embarrassing for that to happen, right? Mm -hmm. It would be pretty embarrassing for a governor to do that. Uh, but I think at this point, at time of recording, it definitely feels like it's up in the air and, and we'll see, but it can change quickly. <laughs> and I think the governor has kind of shown that he wants to exert, you know, like I am the governor. So, for example, when when the Biden administration, um, you know, named Avi Kwame the next monument out in print. It was like, uh, nobody called my office. Nobody talked to me and I'm the governor. Like, are you taking up all this Nevada land? So I feel like Governor Lombardo really wants to like come into his power. Like if I look at this in a story arc, it's like he wants to be respected and seen as like, I am the person in charge. And so, you know, Absolutely. I think that's I, I agree with that. I think he is he wants to assert himself as a strong sort of leader and um, and not necessarily. And I think he's sort of seems fine at this point with not being considered a compromiser. You know, like I think when this legislative session started, when Lombardo was elected, everybody was kind of like, will he be like a Sandoval who has his reputation of being working across party lines and being moderate and everybody sort of liking him regardless of party or will he be more like a Gibbons who was frankly kind of a train wreck and, you know, was like, this is my way. Um, and, and, and we're seeing that. And I think we'll, we'll see what Lombardo's reputation is after all of this. Well, you know, and, and what's disheartening to me and, and I get it. I mean, this is kind of where it all falls down is that this is so politics as usual, right? We're talking about mm -hmm. horse trading. We're talking about people with hurt feelings. We're talking about retaliation, but, it's all subtext because in these hearings, we're seeing some really hard questions about this proposal that seems very thrown together at the last minute, very mm -hmm. different from the Raiders who spent a year putting that proposal together. I'm just going to say this. It's like if they're breaking this down into the stupidest lay terms of we're giving a loan and they're definitely going to be able to pay it back. Shouldn't we look at their history? Shouldn't we look at how good they are? And when you look at the A's, I mean they just don't seem to have a really good business model that Nevada would want to embrace. They're not a thriving organization. <laughs> I laughed because so. on our uh, on the CityCast Vegas Instagram page, that was the debate people were having. They were, It wasn't we don't want baseball so much as anybody but the A's. And I was like, oh, how interesting. I don't watch enough baseball to care. But 
across the board, the people who were debating back and forth, they were just like the A's. Nobody wants them. Even you, David, when we were talking last time in the roundup, you were like, Ugh, anybody but them. So I feel bad for the A's. Like, you know, they're they're a little discarded, not so loved human. So <laughs> not a not so loved franchise, yeah. I suppose. Well, and some of the legislators were like basically saying, you know, you've been really mean and bad to the city of Oakland. You know, why should we start dating you? Like, won't you do the same thing to us? <laughs> so, so do you think anybody will actually go to the games? Oh, yeah, of course people go to the games. I don't know that they're going to sell out. I mean, I think the bigger question here is, do you think that this will give the NBA pause uh, to try to come in or any other sports team? I mean, what do you think? I will say that I think it's different if it's a team relocating versus an expansion team. Mm. Like, aside from the lack of public funding, which is obviously for T-Mobile and the the Vegas Golden Knights coming and sort of establishing themselves here, they were Vegas born, right? And I think people got behind that concept pretty quickly. And And they were winners. And we always get behind winners. Yes, and they're in the Stanley (laughs) Cup finals. Uh, So... So I think that helps a lot. But I think the expansion team, I think this would be a different conversation if the Major League Baseball wanted to bring an expansion team to Las Vegas. I think there's a sense that of like frustration with Las Vegas people that are like, you know what, we deserve something that's our own. You know, like, I don't know. I think it would be different if it wasn't the A's. So the NBA could maybe consider that. Give us an expansion team. Don't relocate the worst team in the best. I don't know who that is, but... Yeah, either a winner or a brand new team. That's that's what I think is the winning scenario. <laughs> or the Vegas rebrand is we turned losers into winners. Like it's Vegas, so we're just we're gonna gamble on all of these, you know, uh, low, <laughs> low performing teams and see if maybe they transform by being in Vegas. But I think this will actually give the NBA a reason to want to come, honestly, because it's like okay, they've they've already taken on the next two teams. I think that it's the natural order of these things to be honest. Well, just hopefully the NBA will start early, make renderings that are actually to scale, have a traffic plan, have a plan for people to get there. Don't say things like, well, it'll be a walking place where nobody walks, you know, in Las Vegas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we'll see if if the A's make it uh, to home plate. Other news, the James Beard Awards, they just got announced, the finals. There were some Las Vegas people in contention, but we got snubbed. What happened, Vogue? Oh, Lord. So the James Beard Award, it's so funny. I learned about it through just watching lots and lots of episodes of Top Chef. But the award always seems like this this level of prestige. It's the thing that a lot of people are hopeful to get. A lot of chefs are hopeful to get. And some people call the James Beard Award uh, the Oscars of Amer- of the American restaurant industry. And maybe that's accurate considering that Vegas keeps getting left out. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, our, our nominees, Gargiste, Anima by Edo, Kaiseki Yusu, Red Plate, Shanghai Taste. All those were nominated and mentioned, but nobody walked away with an award from Vegas. And we're a city that has so much phenomenal food, so many tremendous chefs who are making strides and taking risks. So it sucks to not be recognized. And I'm wondering, David, why do you think our food scene is so frequently overlooked when it comes to this national attention in media? 
Las Vegas has its reputation, um, old school wise, that we're a land of cheap buffets and cheap food. Everyone knows celebrity chefs come here, but I think that in a lot of ways that's also written off as like, well, yeah, they put their name on it, but they're not like behind the grill. You don't have Jose Andres, you know, behind the grill making you a hamburger, right? So I think there's this bias. Also, when people come here, you know, they do it a certain way that maybe doesn't resonate with like the fine dining experience that they experience in other places, which is also kind of weird because we do have our own kind of twist on it, which is a, a certain degree of casuality to the formal, you know, <laughs> foods that are here. Um, I, I think the bigger thing, well, there's a couple of big things here is that like, first they have a long list, James Beard, and then they kind of go down to the finalists. And the folks that you're talking about actually made it to the finals. But the long list usually don't have a lot of Las Vegas uh, restaurants on there. And and that's disheartening. I mean, James Beard Foundation isn't immune from criticism. Uh, there was a lot of criticism about its uh, lack of inclusion. There were some criticisms about like the process itself and whether it was particularly fair or how it was actually kind of being done. That said, oof, like we know that we have really, really good food here. I don't know. April, what? why do you think that uh, Las Vegas doesn't get its due when it comes to, you know, recognizing our food scene, which we do hear a lot about? I think it's the reputation of Las Vegas. Like this is you want to be a classy award and like. Vegas isn't seen as that. I think Vegas is trying to be that, you know, but I think the the holdover of the, you know, shrimp cocktails and, and buffets <laughs> are, are going to linger. And, uh, you know, that's, I say F them, you know what I mean? Like, F let's them. just F them, be, let's, we'll, let, let it be our secret. You know what I mean? But maybe I, mm. I don't, I'm not a foodie and I, I'm sure that the, the restaurant people are like, can we please get this? But from my perspective, I'm like, well, maybe we, we're hidden. We're hidden, Gem. You know, let us be that, I guess. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's true. And, and, you know, I mean, there's a part of me that, you know, as, that thinks about, okay, are we being like sour grapes about this? Are we thinking that, okay, oh, I don't want them anyways and not knowing what it feels like to receive the award. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to see our, our chefs be recognized. And at the same time, we also have better things to do, like enjoying our other successes and continuing to make the best damn food that we can. And on the other side of that, in the same way, like there's the Oscars and there's the Screen Actors Guild Awards. What yeah. does it feel like to be recognized by your peers and by your city? So Mothership Coffee, for example, just got an award for best small business and they're a coffee house. And it was an award from like the president's office. So they're literally the... Um, the head of the Small Business Administration came in, talked with the, the owners of Mothership Coffee and had like a whole panel. So I feel like there are ways and places where we're being recognized. So when we have so many places and so many people who are writing about the great food in our city, I think we'll be OK. Well, I'm going to just say this. James Beard Awards needs to have best taco truck because we're going to kill the competition all day. Okay, all 10 nominees there are going to be from Las Vegas. That's all I'm going to say that right now. Well, uh, here's to good food, uh, being accessible to everybody, and here's to everyone getting fed in our community one way or the other. So yes. uh, thanks, James Beard, for nothing, but also for whatever it is that you do. All right, last topic, and this is a fun one. This is the one that kind of caught my eye. 
Binion's, which used to be Binion's Horseshoe downtown on Fremont Street, is a stalwart of old Vegas. Uh, and they used to have uh, an amazing attraction that brought people in to take a photograph with a million dollars uh, back in 1954 <laughs> is when they started that one, right? And they had a display of $110,000 bills, with, uh, which I guess were like gold certificates or something. I don't know. They did money different oh. back then. And they had the picture of a guy named Sam Salmon Chase, uh, which he was a Supreme Court justice. There you go. And uh, people would take their photos for, for decades. And that display got sold and bought and sold and bought, whatever. But it was very famous, and it drew people into the casino, uh, presumably to gamble. I have probably a dozen <laughs> photos because they were free, and oh, they were God. like Polaroids. So they would just like come out, and you would you would get them. It was kind of amazing. And then it went away, and now it's coming back. It's back. <laughs> So um, I want to credit Vital Vegas, uh, also a guest uh, on on the podcast on occasion, uh, who broke the story. He had a personal interest because he holds the world record for most photographs in front of the million dollar display. But what do you think about that as a, a draw? Is is a million bucks even a lot of money anymore, guys? <laughs> <laughs> to me, it still is. I don't know right. what they're paying you, David, but I, I think it's it. Well, podcasting yeah. <laughs> is lucrative. Well, let's look at it this way. A million dollars in 1954, that would be like $11 million today. So do they need to up their game to make it exciting? <laughs> yes. I want to see the $11 million pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> April, have you ever been to it? I haven't, but now that it's back, I think I'm going to uh, amend that and, and take on the... I'm going to go for the record. Not really, but <laughs> I'll get one photo at least. And I think I think it's fun. I think that's, that's cool. A million dollars isn't a lot for a lot of people, but it is for most people. So I think it's it's great and it's fun. What about you, uh, Vogue? Did you ever go down there and grab it? I did. Yeah, 2013 when I first moved out here, my sister and her uh, her boo thing took us to the space and we took photos and he was so excited and was like rubbing on it. And I was like, this is not, you can't actually touch the money. It's wrapped up in, it's in the plastic, you know, thingy. So it's not quite enough to entice me. I don't care because I can't take You don't get to take, take a it. bath in it. I, I give, yeah, I, I give two and a half fucks about, about <laughs> taking a photo with money. Uh, I'd rather take a picture with Mickey Mouse, but... <laughs> So that, that doesn't entice me. Well, you can do that down there, too, I think. <laughs> Not one of the Fremont Street Mickey Mouses. They're, uh, a, little, no. they're well, a little suspect. I mean, I wouldn't mind. Taking a photo with money is not going to make me want to come into a casino. What do y'all think would be the best advertisement outside of a casino to lure people in? Well, probably actual money. <laughs> like, come on in. Here's some here's free $5. money. Here's $5. Free well, they gambling do that. money? They give you free play. They do, yeah. They've do. they done that in the past. Free play. And free play is still a, a thing around. Look, I remember, I and I've been here forever, there used to be some really cheese ball promotions, especially on Fremont Street, to lure people to come in. My mm -hmm. favorite was, and I can't remember which property it was. It might have been uh, the Golden Goose or one of those places like that. But see your name in headlines and you'd go in and you tell them your name and then there would be uh, a fake newspaper uh, called the Las Vegas Gazette or Las Vegas Times or something like that. It'd be like, David breaks the bank uh, in Las yes. Vegas or, you know, David holds up a bank in Las Whatever you want, they'll put it <laughs> in the print. And it came out in that kind of old Western-y typeset. Uh -huh. uh, you know, uh, it, it was kind of a fun little novelty. And I have probably some of those. Oh, I'm going to try to find one. 
What about you, April? What kind of promotions do you think would lure you or your friends uh, into a casino? I mean, I would do that. I want the newspaper thing now that you mentioned it. And and also, uh-huh. I think that Vogue's right, you know, like putting it behind glass, uh, maybe not the best. Let's let's unleash the money and you can have cameras and stuff to make sure nobody's stealing it. But like, I'll go down there and take a bath in the one million dollars. I yeah, feel like we should a, shower. a yeah. shower, like a rain thing, you know, like one of those uh, big yes. tubes. That does that just to be in the that would be cool. The wind tunnel of money. Oh, yes. And then let me grab some. Yes. Yeah, I'll give it back. I'll give it back. So a keychain or a little fun book with two for ones, that's that's not that's not gonna cut it. You need to actually have bills on flesh. Yes. <laughs> or um free parking. Or free parking, right? Let's right, not that's... discount free parking. Well, hey, here's a fun fact that Vital Vegas uh, actually let out when he he reported on this, is that a million dollars in $100 bills is actually not that big. It could all fit into a briefcase. So they make a mixture of a lot of denominations because those $10,000 bills just aren't around anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of 20s and 5s and 1s to bulk it up to make it a bigger display. But it is still a million dollars. So. It's still a million (laughs) dollars. I think for me, I would love if they had like a cute little marquee. They should just make those little Instagram photo thingies. I feel like that would be cute. I don't know. I feel like free food and free alcohol. What else is there? Like either you're going to go gamble. Standards. Yeah, (laughs) like if if you're going to gamble, you know what you want to do. You know what you're interested in. And so I think the perks as they currently stand are fine. And I think the easiest way to get me into a casino is is a show <laughs> like give me give me some free tickets to a show if I play this little slot machine game and then it means I get to see a comedian or a singer or a, a Cirque show that's really probably the best thing for me so I mean that's you know. all it takes for you Vogue yeah well, I'm gonna, I got some timeshare selling friends who want to talk to you for a second they got some real good bonuses for you that's not the same all you gotta <laughs> do is sit in the room for, for longer than a special session <laughs> what about what about a baseball team? Would that lure you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. How, how about, I want three hundred eighty million dollars, and then I'll go into any casino. I'll go into the Tropicana for three hundred eighty million. Oh god! All right, hey you guys, this has been fun. So many unanswered questions, but so many questions answered. What a fun time! Hey, April Vogue, thanks so much for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. <laughs> And that is all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our lead producer is Sonia Cho Swanson. Our producer is Layla Muhammad. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets. And our hosts are Vogue Robinson and me, David Figler. Music is by OG Moose and all the kimonos. We record the show on the traditional homelands of the new movie, The Southern Paiute People. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to take that listener survey. It'll help us grow the show and a lot more things for you, too. Then go tell a friend about the podcast and ask them to take the listener survey, too. Remember, it's at citycast.fm forward slash survey. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Go Knights, go! so we'll just have to see where it lands. 
Uh, could be stopped early, could make it all the way to the finish line. Wait, finish line. That's not a baseball uh, metaphor. I better come up with a better one. <laughs> or not. So we'll that just works. see if they make it uh, a full nine innings or if uh, the, the the game gets called for... Uh... <laughs> oh, God, let it go, I'm, David. I gotta let, let it, go. it go. I'm letting it go. All right, we're good. <laughs> 